You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, November 9th, and we've got Jeffrey Flanagan on the phone, our Royals reporter for MLB.com. Jeffrey, we thank you for the time, and as we uh, go down the checklist today, we're going to be talking about uh, the Moose winning AL Comeback Player of the Year. Also, a couple of gold gloves, which is uh, kind of an annual tradition for the Royals, as uh, Eric Cosmer and Alex Gordon getting the honors in 2017. Uh, a couple other items we'll check off, too, but uh, unfortunately, uh, as we're all dealing with the uh, tragic news this week of the uh, passing of Roy Halladay at the age of 40 uh, after that plane crash, uh, you know, Jeffrey, th- this one just really hits you in the gut. I mean, to, to see any athlete die, not just in, you know, in the prime of their life. Uh, this guy was only 40 years old, uh, a wife and two kids uh, coming off a brilliant career, just concluded a, a couple of years ago, and then something like this happens. And, you know, when, when I look at the, the tributes pouring in for Roy Halladay, I mean, everybody talks about how great a competitor and, and what a great pitcher he was, but beyond that, so many memories and recollections of just what a great person he was, you know, being a fantastic teammate, being somebody that you could turn to for advice, uh, and then obviously a, a wonderful husband, a tremendous father to his uh, two young sons. And, Jeffrey, like I said, uh, th- this one just, just really hits you in the gut, and it's just awful, awful news. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tragedy, uh, whether you're an athlete or not, of course, and uh, we all – know him being a public figure and being one of the really one of the great pitchers of, of all time and certainly uh will get uh, my vote for the hall of fame of uh, uh just uh, I, I just have memories of of just the dominant performances that he had and uh with the phillies and of course with the blue jays um i know everybody on the royals had tremendous respect for him and uh, certainly mourn his passing as well yeah, absolutely, and uh, you you see it league-wide, uh, you know, from players in both leagues because he pitched in uh, both leagues and succeeded in both leagues, uh, winning a Cy Young with the Blue Jays uh, and the Phillies, but uh, his legacy goes far beyond what he did on the pitcher's mound. Uh, just a, a terrible, tragic loss at the age of 40 as uh, Roy Halladay uh, passing away uh, just days ago. Uh, well, Jeffrey, uh, let's try to move on from that and uh, talk about some other news items with the Royals. And uh, Ned Yost is uh, not feeling too great these days. He is currently in an Atlanta hospital. Uh, tell us why. Well, uh, we got the news yesterday that uh, uh, on his property, which is just outside of Atlanta, he's got uh, you know a giant farm and um, all kinds of things going on there, and he loves to hunt, uh, you know, with his buddies Jeff Foxworthy and so forth, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and and uh, he was repairing a tree stand. Now, I'm I'm not a big hunter, so I don't know a lot about it, but I <laughs> talked to a couple of Royals coaches who who also hunt and uh, told me that uh, he's pretty lucky actually to be alive uh, wow. for a variety of reasons. But anyway, he was working on it. I think fixing this tree stand and, and fell off and uh, broke his pelvis and uh, you know was hospitalized. But I've been told uh, he actually Ned texted me this morning said he's fine and uh, expects a full recovery. So uh, that's good news. Uh, but you know a lot of hunters uh, when they fall out of these tree stands, uh, they're out in the wilderness without a cell phone signal, and um, you know it can re- really lead to, to tragic consequences. But fortunately, that wasn't the case with Ned and. Uh, able to get him to a hospital, and uh, he'll be down now for a while, but 
uh, I think down the road it'll just make for another great Ned story. <laughs> yeah, I I certainly agree. And uh, like you said, this was uh, potentially uh, life-threatening. And considering the week that we're in <laughs> and all the terrible news we've already had, as we just touched on, obviously, uh, this is we do not need any more to add to the list. So uh, thankfully – uh, Ned Yost, like you said, he's he's not feeling too great right now, but he is uh, he's alive and he'll recover, and that is uh, the best news possible, obviously, there uh, for the skipper of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Jeffrey, from there, uh, some awards coming down this week, and the Royals a big part of those. Uh, AL Comeback Player of the Year, none other than the Moose. Uh, Mike Moustakis uh, along the way setting the single-season franchise record uh, for home runs, uh, breaking the mark of the legendary Steve Valboni that Mark had stood since uh, the mid-'80s, and uh, it now belongs to the Moose. Uh, Jeffrey, take us back to spring training and your interactions with Moustakas. How motivated was he to put that uh, very down 2016 behind him? He only played in less than 30 games due to injury. Uh, you know, what, what kind of fire did you see in his eyes to bounce back and have the season that he did have? No, absolutely. There was a lot of fire, and, you know, he worked so hard in 2016. Uh, he suffered the uh, ACL injury in May, and, and actually him and his good friend Jason Vargas, who also was a finalist for Comeback Player of the Year, uh, you know, were kind of workout partners uh, for all of 2016 and <clears throat> kind of kept each other going, and they showed up in spring training and in really pretty, really good shape, and uh, there certainly was a determination, and uh, they thought they were going to, you know, start out bringing him kind of slow, along kind of slow, and and they did for maybe a few weeks, and that was it. And then all of a sudden he wanted to go full bore. And uh, I think the impressive thing, too, about Moose was a couple things. Number one, he, he fought through a bunch of injuries last year. Uh, he was nicked up down the stretch. He had um, knee issues again on the on the opposite knee and uh, was hit in the, in the hip by a pitch uh, in Detroit. And that bothered him for three weeks. He was, he was almost immobile at times, but... You know, really didn't miss many games and, and got that record. And I think what was cool about the ceremony last night, too, is Moose uh, said, you know, they they all get uh, a charity donation from the award, and he's going to donate his to the Ace 30 Fund in honor of uh, the late Yordano Ventura. Yeah, tremendous gesture on uh, his part, certainly. And, you know, as the season progressed, I think, you know, Moustak is, uh, you know, year in and year out when healthy. He's been a pretty consistent, reliable 20 to 25 home run guy. Did anybody see 38 coming? I mean, at at, at any point during the year, did you say to yourself, you know what, uh, he he could really, you know, chase down Balboni and, and get this record? Or did, you, or did you think at some point he's going to taper off a little bit and again settle into that mid-20 range? Well, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much, but we had a talk uh, in a podcast last spring training, and and one of the questions asked me uh, was, who on the Royals is most likely to break the record? And I said, Moose, Moose, and Moose. Um, <laughs> I was just completely confident that he was, you know, you could certainly make a case for Eric Hosmer, you know, Salvador Perez is a big homer guy. You know, they had just uh, acquired Brandon Moss, and, you know, he's capable of doing that, but I was just convinced that you know, just the evolution of, of Mike Moustakas' offensive potential, I was pretty convinced he was going to, you know, make a run at it last year. Um, it's just so tough in, in playing in such a spacious ballpark like Kauffman Stadium, but and that's why that record has stood so long. But uh, he just had a fantastic year, and, and for him personally, the perfect year to do it during his walk year. Uh, of course, uh, one of the core guys that uh, is hitting free agency and, 
one of the guys that uh, you would love to bring back. Uh, we'll see what the market uh, says about that, what the uh, payroll constraints say about that. But if there's one guy Royals fans would love to see come back, you want to see all three of them come back, obviously, but they would love to have the Moose back for an encore performance in uh, 2018, no doubt. Uh, Jeffrey, moving on, it's become, uh, like I said at the top, an annual tradition to see uh, KC players kind of clean up in the gold glove department. And uh, 2017, no exception, as uh, Alex Gordon wins for the fifth time after a one-year layoff. And uh, first baseman Eric Hosmer wins for the fourth time. Uh, Salvador Perez's streak was broken. He was upended by Martin Maldonado of the Angels. And uh, Lorenzo Cain bidding for his first one came up a little bit short. I want to ask you, you know, just from the perspective of a of a fan, watching all four of these guys perform defensively, which one is the most fun, just flat out the most fun guy to watch play defense on this team? Oh, that's, that's really tough. I think um, Lorenzo, uh, because of his speed and his ability to chase down balls, you, you don't think he can, would rank up there. And, you know, Salvi is right there because of that cannon that he's got and his ability to pick guys off base, not just throw out base runners trying to steal, but throw them behind runners. Uh, that's, I think that's really fun to watch. And Eric Hosmer at first base is just an absolute magician uh, with a number of scoops. I think he led all of baseball last year with 34, and that saves so much wear and tear on the, on the pitching staff when you can, you know, prevent or, or get outs instead of errors and, and, you know, which might extend innings. And, um, and I've never seen anybody with a better touch feel on a 3-1 play than, than Eric Hosmer. And so he does so many things over there that are really fun. And, and Moose, of course, uh, he approaches third base like a, a linebacker in football. I mean, he just <laughs> kind of just attacks everything. Uh, uh, we, I remember him from the playoffs in, in 14 and 15 and, you know, going over the railings and stuff like that. He's just, he's just an absolute animal over there. So, all, I think all four of them had, you know, a, a certain element to them that was really exceptional to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all great defensively, but they all have such different uh, skill sets, and that's obviously a product of playing in four different positions, of course. But like you said, their attitudes and their approaches towards defense, you know, are different and rather eclectic from one another. So it just makes it it makes it so much fun to watch this quartet uh, collectively uh, play defense the way they have for so many years. Were you surprised that uh, Sal lost out to uh, Martin Maldonado? No disrespect to Martin, but uh, Perez has had that award on lockdown for four years now. Well, I, I, we all thought that Salvador would win the award for, you know, he'd do it to Yvonne Rodriguez and win it for 9, 10, you know, 15 straight years as long as he was healthy. So, yeah, it was a shock, especially with Martin. And that's, I think that's his first full season uh, as a catch with the Angels. So it was a shock. But, you know, those things happen. And, um, you know, Alex Gordon had a, had a good run of four straight, and that got upset. And, you know, now he's back on track, got his fifth. And it's really, you know, this is really a tribute to Dayton Moore and his staff and the emphasis that they have put on defense from the minute that he got here in 2006. Uh, he kind of recognized that, you know, if you're going to play in Coffin Stadium, you have got to be able to defend, and he has been able to do that. I think they lead all of the major leagues with 14 goal gloves uh, since 2011, and that's that's really just a tribute to their philosophy in the way they, they draft and the way they develop and the way they put a team together. 
Yeah, uh, defense, relief, and three-run homers. Uh, you know, that's been the formula for uh, for so many years. Uh, it's tilted more towards the homer aspect of it, as we've discussed in previous yeah. weeks. But uh, the Royals, for a couple of years, the two straight pennants, the world title in 15, and they did it again with uh, defense and uh, the bullpen. Uh, Jeffrey, to wrap up here, Ian Kennedy has decided uh, rather wisely not to opt out of the final three years and the $49 million remaining uh, on that deal. And considering the down year he had in 2017, a no-brainer for him. Uh, Dayton Moore probably feels otherwise because he'd love to have that money off the books, but that's, of course, not going to happen. Going into spring training, uh, given the the sub-six ERA that Kennedy put up in 2017, is he still assured of a rotation spot, or does he have to do a little bit of a scratching and clawing here in spring training? I don't think he has to do anything. I think they're just going to pass that off as, as a down year. Uh, his first year with the Royals, I think he had a 3.38 ERA and threw almost 200 innings, and, and they were very satisfied uh, with his performance. And, and Dayton's really just a big, big fan of Ian Kennedy. And, and Ian actually told me in late August that you know he was not going to opt out. So uh, as, as, he, as he told me at the time, he goes, well, if I did, who would want me you know, after, <laughs> after this type of year? So he kind of laughed it off that way. I, I, I do think that you know he had a had a bad hamstring injury uh, in early May, and he he wanted to get back and kind of rush back from that. And I don't know if he was ever quite the same. He's he's one of those leg drive pitchers, um, and I just don't think he was quite himself um, the rest of the way. And he just kind of tried to fight through it. There were many times after games he just said, "Hey, I'm just trying to find a way to get guys out," you know, and. That tells me a pitcher is, is dealing with something, and I think he did most of the time. So he's got a full off season to get get healthy, get healed, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he came back next year and threw 190, 195, 200 innings and and was an anchor on the, on the staff. Yeah, if, if anybody's a prime candidate in 2018 for a bounce-back season, it's got to be uh, Ian Kennedy. The track record certainly suggests that, and hopefully, as you said, he can bounce back from uh, the health issues that hampered him in uh, 2017. Great stuff, as always, from Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, we thank you for the time. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals.